turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Round for the small business owner and corner office CEO. We are the Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley, Minneapolis, St. Paul. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The Supreme Court has handed President Biden a victory by rejecting a lower court ban on the abortion drug mifepristone. At a protest outside the court, Katie Mahoney with the Stanton Public Policy Center said legal abortion is a misguided effort to help women. Abortion does not empower women. It never has. It does not make them more successful. For now, the court's ruling means women may continue to receive mifepristone by mail without an in-person doctor's visit. Senator Roger Marshall has introduced a resolution for a vote of no confidence for Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who he calls derelict in his duty. Secretary Mayorkas broke another record. Five million people have crossed the border illegally under his watch. There are now 400,000 convicted criminal aliens still in our country. Senator Roger Marshall was interviewed this week by the Salem News Channel. This is SRN News. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Does inflation have you worried? Maybe you have an appliance or two on life support or dated ones that need to be renewed before the holidays? Don't worry. Appliance Renew has your back. Hey, it's Michael, owner of Appliance Renew. We have a large inventory of brand-new, name-brand, scratch-and-ding appliances at 20 to 50% off. Appliance Renew is your peace-of-mind solution in these crazy economic times. We have over 250 brand-new scratch-and-ding appliances from LG, Whirlpool, GE, Maytag, Frigidaire, and more. Just waiting for you in our Farmington showroom. All appliances are brand new with a little ding or two. We thoroughly inspect and test everything, and we stand behind our appliances with a complete one-year warranty. Whether you're looking for washers, dryers, stoves, refrigerators, dishwashers, ovens, or more, you'll find it at Appliance Renew in downtown Farmington. Stop by today or search for Appliance Renew online. Saving money is worth the drive when a little ding doesn't mean a thing at Appliance Renew. What does it mean to be a Christian woman in our current culture? How does your faith in Christ relate to the world around you? At times, being a Christian can seem like an overwhelming task in today's busy and challenging landscape. That's why you should visit iBelieve.com, a site designed for Christian women. Whether you're looking for insight, conversation starters for your church group, or just an uplifting message, you'll find it at iBelieve.com. Visit iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. No! Come on, rise and shine. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? It's going to be a great year. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Is it safe? It's the King Banyan Show. This is a man. Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. The mind is a globe with whirling transient nodes of thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Welcome back. Good morning. King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Um, I was going to say Happy Earth Day, but I guess most of, my, most of my audience doesn't celebrate that. Why do people post their wordles? I would like to live in my... Sh- I would like to keep my shame private. I don't understand. Okay, I see, I see uh, my colleague Ed Morrissey um, posted his and 
you know, he needed all six tries. Uh, I play it. I just don't think you should care about it. And I don't think I should put it up on a screen somewhere. Anyway, 651-289-4477. If you want to call with your, your, your Wordle concerns, wrong place. Try someone else. Uh, but if you want to talk about economics or finance uh, here on the Biz 1440, this is your place. This is always that week where there isn't a whole heck of a lot of news. We normally start the show with the uh, economic data, economic news of the week, and that's not – there just isn't much. After we get past about the 15th of the month, you've got most of the data you're supposed to get uh, until you wrap around to the very last week. You get you pick up uh, some information. Next week will be the GDP report. Uh, so for, for Q1, that will be a big number to watch, but then – and then after that, the following week, you get two things. You get the Fed meeting uh, on uh, the Tuesday and Wednesday. It's about 10 days from now. So the Fed is going into its quiet period, and I'll give you sort of a very short synopsis of, of what they're saying. Uh, they're practically standing on soapboxes screaming, 25, 25, will you pe- people please listen to us when we say 25, probably holding after that. But stop expecting rates to come down. They're not coming down. And the market's like, we, we don't believe you. Um, and when you see, it, and this is a basic point, when you see the Fed more and more trying to tell you what they're doing, it usually means they don't understand why the market doesn't believe them. And they're super concerned about that because when the market doesn't believe them, that means that the Federal Reserve has lost credibility in its state, in the statements it's making. And without credibility, monetary policy is really, really, really hard. Um, and and right now, I think think it is really hard. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. I've got a couple. I got a couple data points to share with you uh, right at the top here. Um, and then I also want to turn to what I see as being issues that are driving the driving the conversations uh, in in uh, financial Twitter, economics Twitter, uh, on the blogs, and all that, and and even on the even on the financial news channels, which I think are parallel. I don't know that you would think of them as parallel, but I think they are parallel stupid discussions. All right. I am a little bit um uh, I'm a I'm not I'm not really like what's the matter did everyone take stupid pills but it's it's like this isn't really an issue and I don't know why you guys are trying to turn it into an issue when it's not. Okay, cuz it's not really an issue. And the twin issues are one the debt ceiling debate which I think everyone is I think everyone has in fact overhyped it's serious. It's overhyped, but certainly the actions taken this week indicate to me, at least, that this is going the way these normally go. Um, the the party in the white the party that controls the executive branch, the White House, will say, "I'm not dealing with any any of you. We don't want." We don't want to to negotiate. All we want from you is a clean debt ceiling increase. I'm on record as saying I think the debt ceiling law is dumb law and should be repealed. But the reason it's there is not for economic reasons. It's political reasons. It allows particularly the party in the minority to put a check, put a break on, particularly on government spending, and since both parties still seem to think that there will be a chance they're in the minority, neither of them wants to lose this lose this weapon. They're not willing to disarm themselves um, by eliminating that law. So it makes sense to me that that's there. And this week was a, a significant step in the process of how these negotiations play out. There's a couple fun little couple little fun facts in this, um, and and so forth. But with the bill, uh, 
Speaker Kevin McCarthy went to, to uh, New York Stock Exchange on Monday, said here's here's our plan for dealing with the debt ceiling. And on Wednesday, he drops a bill. Uh, he, he drops legislative language, which means he's serious. And in the next week, anticipated that they're going to vote on it. Um I was. I'm a former state legislator. Uh, one of the one of the principles, or you might even call it the commandments of <clears throat> controlling the majority in a legislative body. You don't bring a vote a bill to a vote unless you know what the vote's going to be. If he says he's locked and loaded, ready to go to to a vote on on sometime in the next week, it means he thinks he's got the votes to pass it. If they pull the bill. It's really bad news, and 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 the uh, House Republicans lose a lot of leverage. But I'm not here to talk about the politics. I'm here to talk about what it is that's actually in that thing, and some of the things in it are things that you would hope we could get. I doubt. I doubt that we would. Uh, I doubt that we would, in fact, actually go through with it. All right, so. Uh, I doubt we'll get much of that, but I do think we're going to get some uh, items in uh, from that bill that will eventually be part of a negotiated agreement. And that's one side. Here's the other side. This is a long windup, but I want to just give you the calendar of events for today. I would argue that everything I'm hearing in the last month where this discussion, where everyone has this word... My, my test is always I'll say a word to my wife that I think is now present in the news that's kind of a economics or finance topic. And if she and, and if she raises her eyebrows to indicate that she knows what I'm talking about, I know I've got something that's important. I know that I, I got a good at so I got the look of like, oh, I recognize what you're talking about when I said the word de dollarization. You probably have, you know, okay. Did your now if you're like, but my eyebrow didn't go up, so no. I think what you'll, I think the important point here is that that's going there. What I want to tell you about, we'll do this probably in the second hour. But what I want to tell you about is how is the debt ceiling issue and the the debt ceiling issue and de-dollarization connected? How do they matter? And why should you care? Because there's a level of people who would say, well, the debt ceiling doesn't really matter. They always work it out in the end. The U.S. doesn't default on debt, except for these sort of technical defaults that happen for very, very short periods of time. Ah, let's play games. Let's, 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 let's punch away. Okay? I'll tell, you why that's, I'll tell you why that's not true and that you should care about it. And you should be very careful about wishing for a debt ceiling calamity. You should be very careful not to ask for for uh, for the the brinksmanship that typically gets played. So let me give you one f- number here: six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. The number to call here on the King Banging Show on the Biz fourteen forty. I'm just going to give you one data point that I think was was probably the most important data point of the week, which came out yesterday. Standard & Poor's puts out a, a, a purchasing manager's index composite, puts out a number for the United States. Um, and it's one of, those, one of those diffusion indexes where 50 is the baseline. If you're above 50, you're projecting the economy to be, to expand. If you're below 50, you're projecting the economy to contract. The last number, uh, you know, for uh, March, and this is the flash number. So this is for the current month of April. It is the reason why it's important is it is probably the first broad-based measure you could use to say that to say something about April's. Economic performance. It is the first piece of data that could be used to do a real projection of quarter two GDP. I've been saying for for months, and and I've had call uh, had some callers say, 
man, you were out there out early, and boy, it looks like you're right, recession's coming. Not if you follow the PMI, because, it, like I said, it was at 52.3. Expectation was it would slide back toward 50, but instead it accelerated from 52.3 to 53.5. Okay, and, and very broad-based, both the manufacturing flash PMI and the services flash PMI both rose. In fact, manufacturing PMI went from 49.2, so slight contraction, with an expectation that was the forecast was going to be somewhere in, that the new, next number was going to be below 49. Instead, they get a 50.4. Services expecting a 50, you know, last time 52.6. Forecasts were for it to decline to something like 51.5. Instead, you get 53.7. Okay, this is a tough number to forecast. I'll just say I'm glad I'm not in the business of having to forecast that number because it's hard. But these data would suggest that, in fact, the economy is growing more rapidly, is still growing rapidly, perhaps even into April which is contrary to what I expected and contrary to the forecast I issued at the beginning of the year. The economy might somehow slide past a recession. Okay, and so so for those who are in the no-landing camp who think, hey, we just think there's going to be no change in, uh, there's going to be no recession in 23, these data support them, and they don't support people like me who say there will be a recession. Okay, this doesn't change my mind, but but for me to be an honest forecaster, I have to recognize there's a data point out there that doesn't fit the story I'm trying to tell you. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. It's a beautiful Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Your children and grandchildren are inheriting a world that's more upside down than ever before. They'll need extraordinary skills to make a positive impact. A Christian education will give them the solid foundation they need to not only endure, but thrive. And that education is available for half off their first year through TwinCitiesTuitions.com. To see our full list of participating schools and to see if the half-off tuitions program is a good fit for your family, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. 
The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-764-2179. 800-764-2179. That's 800-764-2179. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. Your traditional water softener wastes water as if you ran a full washer for just a pair of socks. Commerce Wet Technology Softeners will save you water and salt. Save $400 when you trade in your old salt hog to Commerce Water. Go to Commerce.com. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Winter, go home. 651-289-4477, number to call here on the Biz 1440 King Banyan Show. Part of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Uh, I was looking at a uh, Facebook post, post for my friend Mitch Berg, uh, and man, that guy's busy. <laughs> He's everywhere. Um He's got he's got a day job. He shows up for radio. He's got a band he plays with. Man, that, it's a full life. Good for him. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. Talking about uh, talking about the day of the week. And like I said the big number that the big number for me in the in the information we got this week was was actually yesterday's uh, uh, S and P uh, global uh, PMI numbers. It's the flash number for April. Uh, which means they'll do another survey before the end of the month, and they it tell us about the entirety of the month of April. And it may turn out that it may turn out that um, uh, um, we have uh, some some revision to this number that puts it puts it back toward what what would support me. But at the moment, the numbers would suggest second quarter. The start of the second quarter was pretty strong. Every other data point that I that I typically would look at here um, is uh, is varying degrees of not so great. So if I look at the various Federal Reserve uh, 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 manufacturing indices or, or purchasing manager industries in indices, like the Philly Fed. Uh, came in slightly negative, not as bad as uh, not as bad as his previous quarter. Uh, but um, new orders uh, down 22 uh, percent. So if I look at those, if I look at if I look at those data, they don't it just doesn't look that good. Um, so so if I look at the and I think that was the only one that printed this week was was Philadelphia. But um, the other but building permits came in just about what you thought they would be housing starts were a little higher than expected for March, but that's a March number that will show up in that GDP figure we'll get uh, we'll get next week, uh, and and again that's going to be the big number. But as I look up and down the scale of the of the economy right now, I w- I look at it to say business conditions look probably still look weak. But somehow are not cratering, and particularly after the after the shock of Silicon Valley Bank, which is now I'm looking at the clock right to looking at the calendar to be sure I counted this right. I think that's now six weeks in the rearview mirror. We're not seeing anything yet. And you'll remember I told you here when, when uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, the distance between the collapse of Bear Stearns and the events, Bear Stearns was a March event, just like Silicon Valley. And then AIG, Lehman, and, 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 and all that all happened in September. It may be months before we see the repercussions of Silicon Valley. Okay, so if people want to say say that the market has gone past Silicon Valley, I just say, I, you know, sort of like the... Uh, like Mao's attitude about the French Revolution, which had happened two centuries earlier, what impact did it have? Mao's response was, "It's too." I think it was Mao. 
who said it was too soon to say. It might have been Deng Xiaoping. I'm trying to. I've now blanked on that. I'm. I've got a research staff on Twitter. They'll they'll, they'll look into this for me. Correct me on this. Um, I, the other data just not really that that important. The manufacturing index, generally speaking, from Philly. The overall number was even more negative, but if you dig down inside it, it actually wasn't as bad a report as uh, had had been said. So I'm going to say the data of the week was was probably more positive than negative, which might explain, <coughs> excuse me, why it is that uh, people are that the Federal Reserve officials who are about to enter their dark period, right? Um, today's the 22nd of April. Uh, the only three days have April. Uh, so we're now at the point where the Federal Reserve, none of the governors, none of the presidents will make public statements between now and the FOMC meeting, which will be on the Tuesday and Wednesday of the following week, the 2nd and 3rd of May. So you can anticipate now that, that they've all been out painting painting the picture that they want to paint about what the economy's like. I Let me play, and they've all said pretty much the same thing, but I'm going to play varieties of this, and particularly one I'm going to play in some detail, because I do think, I, I think uh, he is sort of a bellwether among the Fed governors in terms of thinking about if the Fed's going to pivot to pause, he would be the guy that says this prefers. The guy that would not is Chris Waller. He's a governor and pointed out many times, uh, formerly worked at the St. Louis Fed, was a colleague of Jim Bullard, who's sort of the, is, is I would argue, the leader of the hawk fashion, faction at the Fed, among FOMC. Bullard, Loretta Mester at Cleveland, I would say, are there. Waller's right in that camp. So you could have expected a statement like this. Let's play him, though. Cut number one. Now, because financial conditions have significantly tightened, the labor market continues to be strong and quite tight, and inflation is far above target, monetary policy needs to be tightened further. How much further will depend on incoming data on inflation, the real economy, and the extent of these tightening credit conditions. Another implication for my outlook and the slow progress lately is that, as for now, monetary policy will need to remain tight for a substantial period of time and much longer than markets are currently anticipating. And that last part, longer than current, than market participants are anticipating, is sort of a, a it, it is sort of a shot across the bow to the markets to say, you guys have not understood what we're trying to tell you. And this is the point where we have this real concern for the credibility of the Fed. In the minds of someone like Waller or Mester or Bullard, they a statement like that is indicative that they think they really have to raise rates further basically to get the get markets to capitulate. Okay? Get them to give up the idea that the market needs to uh, be there, and I, I tweeted uh, uh, earlier uh, earlier this morning using our hashtag pound KBRS uh, piece that was on the uh, on the econ log uh, blog uh, that um, that Scott Sumner, who I love, put put up, titled "The Fed is Social Psychologist." They're basically trying to you know the Fed is engaged in this exercise of trying to predict what the Fed will do. I almost clipped this clipped something that I heard in passing and I could have pulled it from from Bloomberg, but I was watching Bloomberg like I I increasingly find myself doing in the morning, listening here on the Biz fourteen forty or watching it on my laptop or on the desk here at the office while I'm prepping to go to my first meeting. And I think it was Jonathan Farrow who was talking to someone, talking to a guest, saying something to the effect of, well, the Fed's going to raise 25 basis points. I don't want to put words in his mouth. I probably should have clipped this. But the gist of it was the Fed's going to, uh, the Fed's going to raise 25 basis points because the market has given them permission to raise 25 basis points. And I have to say, when I heard it, I'm like, 
What is that about? What does that, yeah, uh, you know, what does that really mean? The Fed does not need permission. The Fed does not need permission to do the right thing. If 25 basis points is the right thing, they should do the 25 basis points regardless of whether the, the, the market agrees with it or not. This is this is Sumner's point. Um, but, in a, but in this piece, he's reviewing a paper that was published in which, in which, let me back up, in researching, in researching the central bank and particularly the Fed, but this is true of many central banks, there are three versions of what happened at a meeting of its policy committee that you that you want. One is the public statement they make at the end of the meeting. They agree on a statement. They they run it out there. It's the FOMC statement at one o'clock. And and in the last ten years, most central banks, at least in the West, most central banks back that with a press conference. Okay, so Christine Lagarde for the ECB, Jay Powell for the Federal Reserve, uh, and, and, and so forth. Um, it's not Carney anymore. What's the name of the governor at the Bank of England? But all of them go out and get this, right? Um, and that's... Um, and, and, and they go out and make this particular claim that that the market is giving them permission to do that. The problem is, and I think Scott's right about this, is that what the Fed what the Fed has to convince the market of is they have the right model for what's coming. <clears throat> and so rather than waiting for mission, what the Fed has to do is articulate not here's what we see, but here's why we see what we see. Here's the model in my head that explains why I would move the policy rate 25 basis points and not 50 or not zero, right? That's what the press conference has become. It's been a statement of the why. Because because the statement itself is the what. And at no place in any state, any why that comes out of a press conference... In none of those places will the Fed ever say, because the market said I would. The problem said I should or could. What the, mar- what, what the market's trying to say is, is we think your model means you're going to do this. And what I hear Waller and the others saying is, you do not have a full understanding of our model. Well, then, the explanation has to come of why, does, why is that so? And I'm actually going to play you another clip, another clip to show you how it is that uh, that they're thinking about this using using another uh, a Fed president, uh, President Logan from Dallas. I need to take a break. We'll come back right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. <laughs> Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No No wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America... Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the people. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late-inning rally? A game-winning shot, a photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. 
Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school. Plus, all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. I always thought the tires would be more expensive at a dealership, but Invergrove Hyundai proved me wrong. Hi, it's Mike from Rosemont. I knew I needed a new set of tires before winter. My go-to is usually my warehouse club because, hey, they're a warehouse club, right? They have to have the best deal. I bought two cars at Invergrove Hyundai, and they're great to work with, so I thought I'd just see what they had to offer. I told Tyler what I usually spend and asked if he had a good set of tires in that price range. He gave me a great quote, and it was a few bucks under my limit on a set of four tires. Plus, he got me in and out in an hour. If you need tires, skip the specialty shop and the warehouse clubs and give Invergrove Hyundai a call. Let them know what you need, and they'll take care of you like they did for me. Invergrove Hyundai's service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment at InvergroveHyundai.com. That's InvergroveHyundai.com. just looking at an article um, about Albert King, one of the great blues guitarists of all time. And and I would argue one of the lesser appreciated um, blues... I mean, if you're into blues music or jazz, you probably have a bunch of Albert King in your collection. I mean, if you're like a serious collector of music. But, um, But I bring this up to people who tell me they like like modern blues and I say you got Albert King and they look at me like no and I said ooh you're missing something you should really check that out um, it only came up because there was an article on the dispatch this past week which is a website I read in the morning and and I have to say rather than getting my news I I got I got uh, completely rabbit holed into um, into uh, listening to Albert King and, and if I want to go further down the rabbit hole I do not know that I do not know that I've ever done this with with the show before, and not in terms of recommending a TV series. But on CBS and Paramount Plus right now, the new Kiefer Sutherland show called Rabbit Hole, see the connection, um, might be the best thing I've seen in three years. Um, it's it's so good, um, and I seldom recommend the. Sh- I, I walk. I watch a lot of weird television, weird TV series. Um, but if you haven't seen Rabbit Hole yet, um, I you know if you have access to uh, to Paramount Plus, or if you if you watch uh, if you watch this, I don't think the show is on CBS. It might be CBS. It might, it might be just just on streaming. But um, well worth your time. Extremely well put together plot, at least so far. Uh, we're like f- we're like five episodes in, so I feel comfortable now saying that's gonna. I'm I, I it's destination television for me, just as much as the final season of Succession is, but for entirely different reasons. Uh, <laughs> um, Succession is like what is like watching a slow motion car crash. So I will, and 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 Spencer, if you ever want to do the pop culture conversations, you just hop right in. That's that'd be fine. Um, that, but anyway, the co- one additional data point that I didn't get to yet was the fact that the conference board leading economic indicator numbers were down. They've been down for seven months in a row, right? So imagine you Thursday morning you wake up, conference board's down seven months seven months in a row, which would be you know. And if you're a forecaster of a certain age, okay, like mine, 
the conference board LEI is uh, like a key forecasting tool in your in your in your toolkit that you f- usually think of as being fairly reliable. And I'm fairly sure that there's never been seven months where LEI has gone down, down, down. I won't do seven times. And then no recession appears. This just has not happened. So um, they're at, and so uh, Justina Zabinski-Lamonica, who is there, who is a senior manager at uh, the conference board, uh, says that they they expect a recession starting in mid-2023. They're still there. I'm still there. But the data is, is, you have to say, simply as clear as mud. I think that's the title of the hour. The data is clear as mud. And if you're the Federal Reserve trying to guide policy, you just don't, I don't think the comments that Governor Waller made are all that helpful, just saying, hey, market participants are wrong. We're keeping the rate up higher for longer. Why? Give them some kind of guide. Uh, Lori Logan, who is the president of the Dallas Federal Reserve, uh, in the middle of doing something other than talking about monetary policy, actually dropped this little nugget in because she felt like she had to say something. And it was it was literally her last chance to speak about the meeting coming up in May. And she had this nugget. Let's play this. Cut number six. And to assess whether we've made enough progress in this effort, I've been watching three markers. First, whether there's further and sustained improvement in the inflation statistics. And second, whether the economy is evolving more or less as our forecasts predict. And third, whether there's a clear change in the underlying factors, like the imbalance of supply and demand and the resulting very tight labor market that have produced that high inflation. And so she actually reiterates, and that that's not news. That's not anything different. The Fed is telling you, okay, we are data dependent. Which data are we looking at? And and Powell and others have been very have said this repeatedly. We're looking at the inflation data itself. We want to see if that is changing. Two, we've got in our own model, right? Remember, the Fed comes in the Fed comes in and every three months produces a statement of their projections of where the market's going to go. And so last time around, they came in with a state of projections that says the terminal Fed funds rates at either five and a quarter or five and a, that the baseline is five and a quarter. And some people were at five and a half or even five and three quarters. And so they're saying, look, the market is doing a little better than we thought. We think the economy is growing a little hotter than we expected. And so you can anticipate as a result of that, we might go more to the five and a quarter or maybe even one step further. But we're definitely going to stay at five and a quarter for some time as long as the economy continues to evolve on its current path. And then the third thing she points to is specifically on the labor market. And this has been true. Look, you will not see a change. You will not see a drop in the Fed funds rate, in my mind, until one of two things happen. Either the inflation rate goes comes down to three per, below 3% on a consistent basis, meaning not just one month, but two, three, four months in a row. Or the labor market shows some sign of real slack, which would mean an, an unemployment rate above 4%. But when both the inflation rate and the unemployment rate are running at three and a half, that's a world where things have to be tight. We have to stay where they are. Now, let me back that. We're not going to get through all of his statements, but the the fellow, Logan, We, st- I have to say, I'm still not 100% sure I know if Logan's a hawk or a dove on inflation or not. I don't think we have enough information. She's fairly new. Raphael Bostock at the Atlantic Fed, at the Atlanta Fed, yeah, we kind of know. He's he's not the most hawkish guy in the in the FOMC. And so he when he speaks, people are like they're looking for signs of when he's going to say that's enough. 
And he did say it this week in an interview on CNBC. Let's play on, on Wednesday. Let's play this first, cut number two. So one for sure, that's my baseline for this year. You know, I've been at this point for, for quite some time. The economy is still has a lot of momentum and is performing quite strongly. And inflation remains too high. You know, before I came down to the studio here, I took a look at our underlying inflation dashboard. And by pretty much every measure that you look at, uh, current inflation is more than double what our target is. So there's still more work to be done, and I'm ready to do it. So he's very – so those two are in sync, right? Logan and Bostick are in sync. We're looking at the inflation dashboard. That's the first thing to look at. For him to say, just before I came downstairs, I went and looked at the inflation dashboard that we keep at the Atlanta Fed. And I'll tweet it to you at the break because it's, it's an important dashboard to look at. And he says, look, we're still double the rate we want. We're still around four. Okay. And, and, you know, you've got, when you've got Paul Krugman saying, well, no, it's not four, it's only three and a half, you know he's already lost the, he's already lost the argument. He lost the argument by saying it's at three and a half. They're like, yeah, well, it doesn't matter. Three and a half isn't two. So we're not going to lower the rate until we can actually get the rate and until we can start seeing that slide down below 3% on a consistent basis. They'll ease their way back to two. They're not in a hurry to get to two. Their forecast says they're not getting to two till sometime late in 2024. They're going to try to ease to it because they're trying to go soft landing. But remember, they're not a no landing scenario. A rise in the unemployment rate, uh, they'll say slight rise because they have they, they don't want to be too provocative. But slight rise, that's... That's a feature of their policy right now, and they're trying to say what they're looking at. So, so it's not enough to just say, hey, the market's not doing well. They're, they're trying to say, here's what I have to see before I'm willing to take my foot off the pedal, let alone t- tap the brakes in terms of trying to reduce the, 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 the policy rate. Let's take a break here. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-504-1123. 800-504-1123. That's 800-504-1123. Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted on the job each year, leading to injuries and death. This is the reality they deal with when making contact with the public. Another reality is that if someone doesn't comply with a lawful order or uses force against them, police may have to use sufficient force in response to obtain compliance. Use of force is always ugly. Nobody likes it, especially police, and nobody knows how it will turn out. Spread the word. For de-escalation to work, both parties must de-escalate. And de-escalation isn't necessary if there is no escalation. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Whether it's getting asked a question, getting a citation, or getting arrested, don't argue, don't resist, don't flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now, complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org. 
C.S. Lewis once said, education without values seems to make man a more clever devil. A Christian education is the solution to this problem and can be yours for half price for your child's first year. TwinCitiesTuitions.com and area schools are working together to make this a reality for families just like yours. Now you can equip your child with the knowledge and moral foundation needed for them to make an impact in today's world. To see the full list of participating half-off tuition institutions, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. The Ramsey Show. You're also supposed to enjoy money. Now, some of you that overspend out there, you spend like you're in Congress, you don't have any issue with this enjoying money thing. Enjoying money without overdoing it is a sign of maturity. The Ramsey Show, live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Oh, you know, on a on a uh, chilly uh, spring morning, nothing like a little Steely Dan uh, to get you going. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven here on the King Banyan Show on the Biz fourteen forty six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. The race I normally run, I usually take this week off to run uh, the Earth Day half marathon. I I relay with another guy. Uh, I got hurt during the relay last year, and my 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 partner got hurt over uh, I think October November. Uh, he's still now back on the road. I actually went out and ran the five k that they run the night before, so I was out last night. Man, it's cold out there. <laughs> that run back up, and so you're running along the Mississippi River into the into a north wind for about a for about ooh maybe maybe 2k of the five and it is unfun uh <laughs> very unfun uh and um still managed to put up a decent time for for you know an old guy it wasn't a bad time so uh had some fun but uh both our children are phd mathematicians and so we run as math dads in the relay uh that's our relay name team and uh, math dads will be back in 24 uh, I predict uh, we'll get Rick back on the road, and um, I'll be I'll be taking I'll be taking Earth Day off next week next year too. Anyway, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. Let me. I'm just saying that because my daughter, who is who is a who is a pretty high class marathoner. I mean, she's not she's not like going to compete for any titles or anything, but she runs a very very strong marathon. Uh, is um, texting me uh asking me about the run last night she runs marathons i run 5k and she's asking me about my experience like like hey i do nothing compared to you um let me just let me let me let me go back to this is Raphael bostic he's the atlanta fed president making getting off basically his last thoughts before he heads to the fomc meeting in in 10 days from today um and he's just said, hey, I just looked at the inflation forecast, the, inf- the inflation numbers. The inflation numbers are double our, our target. We still have to raise rates. I'm prepared to do is the last thing he said. And then he continues with this, cut three. Yeah, so the question now becomes what happens after May? Are you leaning toward more hikes, staying put? So my baseline is to hold. I, I, yeah. I think that uh, after the next move, uh, if, the, if the data come in as I expect, uh, we will be able to hold there for quite some time. Now, you know, I've been saying for a while, I don't think that inflation is going to come down quickly. Uh, it's going to take uh, some effort and a resoluteness on our part. So once we get to that point, I don't have us really doing anything uh, but monitoring the economy for the rest of this year and into 2024. Now, I just pulled up the dot plot to remind myself what, what the forecast is, right? Uh, there is um, one dot for a rate that would be cut by the end of 2023 to a rate between four and a half and four and three quarters, which would mean two cuts before the end of this year. Um, the and that's excuse, excuse me. There's not. I, I take that back. That's the that's what's projected by the year end Fed funds future rate. The the 
the futures markets forecasting a, a you know two cuts from here. Um, there is one Fed governor who has said that the proper that their expectation of the rate is going to be the current rate of four and, four point, four and three quarters to five percent. It would be interesting if it turned out that person dissented at the meeting in 10 days, but I don't think so. There are 10 FOMC members who say the appropriate rate at the end of the year is five to five and a quarter. And what Bostic just said is, I'm one of the 10, and I don't see anything that's happened that makes me think that I need to change from that. I think it will still be that, that five to five and a quarter. But what he says after this is super interesting. And so I got two cuts to get through. This is Raphael Bostic on uh, CNBC on Wednesday, cut four. I don't see it coming down below maybe three and a half. And three and a half is still well above our 2% target. So as I said, there's a lot of work to do. We're going to have to just stay on top of it. Uh, and, and this is one instance where I actually hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am at this point. At this point, right? So Bostic saying, I think the inflation rate stays at, doesn't get below three and a half percent. So he's not going to be prepared. So that means if the inflation rate doesn't get below three and a half percent, he would still be comfortable with a five to five and a quarter uh, Fed funds rate. So some improvement down from four will not be enough to change his mind. But then the last thing he says is, is even more, import, more important to me, and that's cut five. Well, I don't have recession as, as my baseline outlook. But throughout this entire pandemic experience, the last two or three years, the economy has continued to be extremely resilient, and it's continued to perform better than pretty much everyone expected. That is exactly what we were talking about this hour. The economy is performing better than we expected. I finally walked out and said, okay, there's got to be a recession coming just about now. I have to accept the possibility, based on the data from the PMI, based on some of the other data that we reported uh, so far, (coughs) that I might be wrong. (coughs) They talk about economists forecasting eight of the last five recessions. Maybe. And I could be wrong about what I've said. But, but, his point is, even if the economy doesn't go into a recession, or if he thinks the economy's not going into a recession, and the inflation rate stays at 3.5%, that rate stays high. He's waiting to see what happens on unemployment. And if that unemployment rate gets above 4%, now his forecast is wrong, and he will then change what he wants the Fed funds rate to do. He would come back off 5 to 5 and a quarter. That's why it's important to message, not just message what you think the rate's going to be, but it's important to message, here's how I'm thinking, and here's what would change my mind. Here's what would make me think I'm wrong, and I need to stop the policy that I'm engaged in and move on to a new policy. I think that's a piece of excellent, excellent signaling coming from President Bostic. I think it is helpful to Marcus to get more, more of that kind of information from our Federal Reserve. We'll be back after this. You are listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. Looking for a new way to give back to your community, learn new skills, and make a real difference? Consider volunteering with your local fire department. 
The majority of U.S. firefighters and emergency responders are volunteers, answering the call when their community needs them. Be part of a dedicated team of volunteers who step up and protect their community from all types of hazards. You can be the difference. There's no typical firefighter. Anyone can volunteer to serve their community. Volunteering as a first responder is really about having the heart and drive to make a difference where it's needed most. Aside from helping your community and being there for those in need, being a member of the Volunteer Fire Service provides many benefits, including an opportunity to learn new skills and join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. Your community needs you. Will you answer the call? Learn more and find a local volunteer opportunity at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org. Jim and I knew of Robbinsdale Women's Center, but didn't really know them until we toured. We were astonished by the amazing facilities and the genuine love and care the staff showed each woman that walked through the doors. That tour began our partnership with Robbinsdale Women's Center. Cindy and I have witnessed RWC's fiscal stewardship of our financial gifts. Being on the board has allowed me to see the careful discernment and prayerful thought that goes into every decision at Robbinsdale Women's Center. RWC receives no government funding and is debt-free. RWC owns all their assets and is 100% donor-supported. We're amazed at the number of abortion-minded women they serve. Weekly, five women, initially at risk of aborting their pregnancies, instead choose life. Join Cindy and I in supporting Robbinsdale Women's Center. Your gift will bring hope and life. Go to rwcinfo.org and help more mothers choose life. Let's make a difference. RWC Info. 